0: like to uh, consider how we can encourage our moms today amen amen as I think about it um, as as far as different passages of scripture go uh, there are so many that we could focus in on about mothers and what God thinks about that. Uh, I know that in the New Testament alone, um, there's a a wonderful handful of passages that we can uh, grow from and and appreciate more and more what God thinks in in regards to what moms are supposed to be doing and what moms are all about. I think of uh, passages that are directed at Christians in the, in the New Testament epistles that call us as children to grow in Christ. And, you know, the, th- the thought that uh, here's what a, a mom would love to see is that her children grow and mature and strengthen and, and stay healthy and all those things that uh, is in a mom's heart. I can't help but think of the, the Canaanite woman in uh, Matthew 15 that came crying to Jesus. And in fact, it was such a, a cry, you know, she was shouting out, Lord, have mercy! Lord, have mercy! And the disciples got, you know, agitated about it. Lord, you know, just send her away. And the tenacity of that mother. And that was something that that was built into her, wasn't it? Why? Because her daughter, as the mother said, her daughter was cruelly possessed by a demon. And so the mother just had her natural instincts working right there. Well, other passages, I think of, uh, you know, in... In 2 Timothy, we see little pieces of Timothy's mother popping up and her faithfulness in passing along a sincere faith to Timothy and how Timothy then was useful in service to his um, spiritual father, Paul. And it was through uh, not only the mother, Eunice, but the grandmother, Lois, in helping uh, Timothy to learn the scriptures as a young child. So lots and lots of uh, examples that we have. Even in in Peter, um, let's turn there real quick. We'll, we'll just look at that one very quickly here. First Peter. Go to Hebrews. If you hit Hebrews, you got to back up. I'm sorry. Keep going. James and then First Peter. You know, the, the first time this letter was read, I can just picture all the moms in the audience, their, their eyes kind of, you know, brightening and their ears perking up when this was read to the congregation. It says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore putting aside all malice and all guile and, and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, Long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, and here Peter uses this imagery to help uh, Christians pay attention to what they need to be paying attention to, and that is growth in their faith. And how's that come? Here's the the milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So all sorts of um, verses and passages that we can look to. And I'd like, uh, in our time this morning, considering this title, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, in your bulletin, the little outline that's provided there for you, uh, Mothers in the Master's Hands. And I'd like for you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, I realize that this passage is geared to ministers, uh, Paul is is speaking about the the ministry, and in looking it over, it's very clear that uh, you know th- here are guidelines in which you know we need to follow in involved in ministry. But it's so um, paralleling what moms are supposed to do and what moms do. And I realize that um, it's been said before, moms. Uh, in general, okay let 's start there first. Moms all over the world just have a, an instinct and hear, hear these things that they are so good at because they 're moms. Moms are the first ones that that plant that little kiss on the on that little tiny infant. Moms are right there, you know in in demonstrating a, a love to that little infant, those little eyes, those little ears that are paying attention. They might not be able to talk at this stage, but they're paying attention and they're seeing mom over and over and over again. And there's a, a great appreciation, as has already been said, about uh, the legacy and the heritage of, of, of moms. Now, in, in another special way... Moms who are believers in Jesus Christ, moms who are believers in Jesus Christ, become partners, special partners, if you will, with God in in dealing with people, okay? And that's really what I want to look at here today is when that happens, there becomes a special partnership, if you will, for a mom in God's uh, economy and God's uh, service, and so um, that we'd understand more about what it is to minister. It, it really, obviously, affects us all um, as Christians. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, this message is is going to affect you in one way or another. And we understand that no matter if if it's mom at home in the nursery or mom out in the, the marketplace, or out at schools, or, or in the neighborhood, or here at church, you serve as a, an ambassador for Christ. Okay? And so as we go through these um, these things that would be uh, the, what moms relay to all of us, so to the servant of God, so to the ambassador for Christ, Okay? So, we want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5, starting at verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all. They who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore... From now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled, to, uh, who reconciled us, to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so we have uh, three things that we want to uh, look at here three uh, gifts, if you will. And number one is the priority of love. So you can follow along in your outline, write that down there uh, the priority of love. And we see it in verse 14. The love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Now, when we talk about moms, um, do you need to, you know, it's like, does anyone really need to go in and counsel mom to love the newborn that she just gave birth to? No. It's It's one of those natural things. That's what mom does best. Loving that little child that's been born into the family. And so, uh, we as Christians understand that this is the foundation of our ministry. The love of Christ controls us. And what does that mean? What does that mean? It's it's also mentioned as constraining us. It it constrains us. It it brings about a result. It's like pressure that produces action. Here's, here's this love that's been poured out by God to His people. And, and you who have become Christians, you've responded to His love. And so the idea that we are uh, understanding this priority of love... And uh, granted, this is in, in all of our relationships. When, we, uh, when we're born... All of a sudden, here's what starts happening. Mom and that little child and and dad are starting to bond in in these relationships. Family relationships. And then that grows. And, you know, the first day you send off your little child to school. You know, what's mom doing? Crying. (laughs) Crying, yes. You know, there goes little Susie or little Jimmy. And... And what? It's it's like you're not certain. This is not in the zone. No, I'm not supposed to. This is not. Is this supposed to happen? Yeah. And little relationships start popping up, you know, in kindergarten, on through school. Oh, you understand that. And so for us, when we understand, you know, as we understand in, in this business of being in the family of God, the priority of love has to be there. And it's got to start with getting grounded. That's letter A in the outline, get grounded with what God says about love. Okay? God's committed himself to us in love. He's committed that. He takes us as his own people, those who have had, uh, who've, uh, responded in faith to what Jesus Christ did. And so God commits himself to us and takes us as his own people. Love is what drove God to send and sacrifice his own son for us at Calvary. Right? That's, what, that's what's behind it. For God so loved the world. John three sixteen, Romans 5, 8. That God demonstrated his love to us. And that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Also in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. We see how it was God that first loved us. God was the one; He first loved us and demonstrated that love. Okay? So the the idea that we get grounded in this um, the more you get grounded in understanding the love of God, the more effective you're going to be in your life in relationships that you have. And we understand this, you know, if if somebody's insecure, shaky in their understanding about faith in God and their relationship with God, then their relationships are going to be somewhat, you know... You know, it's, it's going to be difficult a lot of times. The more you have that anchor settle down in all the stormy seas of life, the more you have that settle down and understand the love of God for you in Christ Jesus, the more you, you'll you be able to be steady through all these storms in, in your life. So get grounded in that. But it doesn't stop with just getting grounded in His love. Um, just like that, that word says, for the love of Christ controls us or or constrains us, it causes there to be action. And that's the idea for all of us as Christians. We need to be grounded in His love, but also keep active with it. Letter B. Keep active. And again, that's, that's what mom... Uh, Shows so wonderfully in in raising up her children. It's not just about um, a level of knowledge that the child grows up with in, in understanding love. It's the practice of love, and that's what we have to understand as, as Christians. Also, I want to get grounded in theology in 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 understanding His love, but that doesn't that's not where it stops. It's got to go beyond that to your action, your practice in it. Is there any family that's uh, reached perfection where you don't have any uh, discipline to do? Is there any church in the world that, that doesn't have to deal with, you know, the friction of, of relationships? See, we all come with our problems we all come, it's not like um, we all walk in here and, and, and uh, we can all dish off the, the problems and the struggles of life when we walk in these doors. Every one of us comes with difficulties and that's what happens in a family. And see, that's where God wants to work and shine in your life and in your family and in our church with what? Love. So that we'd be grounded in this love. That it would be the priority of our lives. And that we would then stay active with it. Not just know about it. And I'm guilty of that. I can, I can you know, say, well, I know this verse and I can quote that verse about love. Big deal! The need is for it to be an action in our lives. Just like in a relationship that you have. If a person finds out that you're filled with all sorts of knowledge and facts but have no practice, there's not much of a relationship there. Right? And I tell you, I hope you're seeing how then here's God's work in your life and how he built moms. I hope you can see the parallel. And no, there's no perfect mom. But they're close, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I know. We, we understand it. And we, um, we do. We make special attention of it here today. So, here's another thing that I want to have you connect with in this. And that is, just like God committed himself to loving those Okay? Who are, here, here's the, the, this world of sinners, and here's what God demonstrated. Just like God did that, the intention would be that you and I would recognize that and then put it into action in relationships. So in the same way, you and I are called to build good, strong, stable relationships based on His love. Based on His love. Again, you know, you say, well, that's pretty basic. Yes, it is. But you know what? You have to keep working on it through all your life. You never reach a plateau and you say, I'm done with that. No, you have to keep doing it. But the more you gain momentum in it, the more you're used to it, the more you demonstrate it, and the more that people say, wow, that's really neat. You you got something different about you. And you, you say, oh, well, God... 1 John 4, 9 and 10, God first loved me and demonstrated His love for me. So I'm I'm just trying to love in the way He's taught me and shown me, okay? So it's, uh, it starts with a foundational love that must work itself out to a practical love. And, uh, you know, if not, if, if all we are are people that know about it, then you and I, then fall into that category of first Corinthians thirteen where you and I are just a clanging symbol that's pretty uh, that's not that's not a good thing <laughs> and we want to go beyond just being a clanging symbol that's it, it sounds irritating doesn't it but that's what God puts on it for our understanding that you and I would understand that if we don't practice the love, we're just like a clanging cymbal. I can know all these things. I can have faith that moves a mountain. But if I do not have love, I'm, I'm nothing. Okay. And it all comes from what Christ did. And this passage is dealing with, here's God reaching out and trying to make relationships right. And he starts with Christ. The love of Christ control is, having concluded this, that one died for all. Therefore all died and it starts with Christ and his perfect death his perfect sacrifice okay so get if if you feel like you're not really grounded in that then start reading more of the word of god and then ask god to help you practice it in your life there's people that you have relationships with that need to see this love and and we we multiply, let's say it's just two or three friends apiece. Every one of you. You know, and multiplying that out. And see the effect that God can have through you as His instrument. And see, that's what, it, that's what we're saying. Moms have this special partnership with God, so to speak. We can say that here today. It, it's just wanting to be an instrument in God's hands. And it doesn't finish... When your child uh, leaves and graduates from high school and moves on. It doesn't stop with that. <laughs> and still, it just keeps going. And even after grandchildren start... It doesn't stop there with grandchildren. It just gets multiplied out. <laughs> okay? So, starts with the priority of love. Number two, the perspective on relationships. Okay? Now, I... I understand we're we're thinking of moms here, and all the um, this idea that relationships are so critical. Um, you know, the just again what I mentioned before. Here's the start with a, a mother and her children, uh, mother and father and children. Um, you know, whether it's maybe it's even adopted. You know, we we've got to. Um, open up our sights to the idea that it's not just you know mother and father having children it's it's mother and father maybe adopting children um, it's maybe it's it's just um, maybe it's it's a single parent you know all all these things that have come about in life that we are trying to deal with and trying to be an encouragement to others so it's not just in this one way of Here's a mother and father and their children by birth. It's all, it's all sorts of things. But we have to have a, a, a proper perspective on relationships. Okay? And under uh, number two on letter A, here's, here's like a, a bit of a description of this perspective on relationships. You know what it is? People, uh, this is really profound. People belong to God. Okay, People belong to God. And you say, wait a minute, not everyone's saved. You're right. Not everyone is saved. And not everyone has faith in Jesus Christ. But people still belong to God. Everyone, no matter if they're saved or not saved, they're all accountable to God. Everyone is accountable to God. Okay, And the key is, People do not belong to you. Psalm 127. Children are what? Children are a gift from God. We say, but I had, you know, I had four children. I had six children. I had three children. Great. Children are a gift from God still. They're not your own. You're simply to help teach them and train them along the way and demonstrate the love of God to them in all of life's activities right but many times people put relationships before God because we are very relational oriented we put our you know we put an emphasis on that and i want you to see what Jesus did when that came up Matthew chapter 12 Keep your finger in Second Corinthians, Matthew, chapter twelve. It's like, you know, it, it, I can just see myself responding at this moment if I'm one of Jesus' disciples and said, Jesus, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't talk that way. It's your mother. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. This will explain it to you. Here we go. And while he was still speaking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. Oh, someone ran in. Behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. You better drop everything and go. It's your mom. It's your brothers. It's your family. And he answered, and <laughs> he answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother? and who are my brothers stretching out his hand toward his disciples he said behold my mothers and my bro- my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven he is my brother and sister and mother there's where true relationship is right if you are doing the will of my father and what is that Number one, be saved. If you're not saved, you're not related to Christ, to God. You're not in his family. You need to be re- r- rightly related to God through faith in Christ. Okay? And, and Jesus emphasized that here. Okay? So, are you rightly related to God? It's through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not by trying to be a good person. It's not trying to fill your mind with all sorts of facts. It comes back to not even the right set of doctrine. It comes back to the right person. Faith in Jesus Christ. You must be born again. And that is only through Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which a man must be saved. But that is the, the name... Of Jesus Christ. okay. So, right relationship with God. You're in His family. Okay? So, let's go back to Second Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and see that life now is based on a new purpose. If you're in Christ, life is now based with a new purpose. And look at verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. And and he died for all that, okay, purpose. Here's the purpose. That they who live should no longer live for themselves. Again, it's real basic. But is that happening in your relationships on earth here? Is that, is that what you're driving towards? That's what scripture says. That's what God's telling us. So, Life ought to have this new perspective about relationships. Okay? People belong to God. People do not belong to you. Then, letter B, keep focused on eternity in your relationships. Keep pointing towards uh, things that are eternal, that have an eternal perspective. The more that you can do that, the more that you will... Have sound, stable relationships. You can point people to that which is eternal. Keep focused on the the things of eternity. Okay? Make that your aim. Why? Because here's here's what God did. God came and made a wrong relationship right. He brought about the word. It's the word reconciliation. Moms, how many uh, moments of your life with multiple children were spent on the effort of reconciliation? <laughs> okay, little Woody fighting with big brother Brad and getting beat up all the time, or arguing with his sisters. What, you know, what's the the mother's attempt? Make things right. And listen, let me just take a little rabbit trail here. Husbands and wives, when you, um, over the years, your relationship, because you, it's your relationship that you are accountable in, husband and wife, right? And so it's critical that you are, are continuing to point in that direction with your spouse about things eternal and don't get caught up on so much of the the uh nagging or whatever that can happen in between you know with all the temporal things yes we are are we're dealing with a lot of temporal things in in life we've got to right it's not like you can just ignore it you have to keep pressing on but as you husband and wife in your relationship saying you're believers you keep pointing towards things eternal and then the more you do that, the less you'll get caught up with the stuff of life. Keep pointing to things eternal. Okay. Alright, um, number three, the third one, is on the back of your outline, the portrait of joy. A portrait of joy. I believe that this is um, <laughs> the mother that is saying, I, I'm a believer. I want to be used of God. Here's, here's the, the process. you got to start with this foundation, having this proper perspective of relationships and, and moving on to the, the portrait of joy, as we say. And look at verse 18 and 19. All these things are from God. What's that? How He's brought about a right relationship based on Christ's sacrifice. We didn't didn't read verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come based on what Christ did. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation I, I i thought well you know we could use that big word reconciliation here on point number 3 and and make that the emphasis well it's all about reconciliation what's the result of reconciliation is here's here's what god's done and it ought to be joy there ought to be this unending flame it is un, you know it's just burning and burning In your life, if you're a believer, and it's about joy. Because of what God, through Christ, has accomplished. And He did it in this perfect way, letter A, in the perfect uh, provision. He provided everything in His Son for your reconciliation. All this is from God, verse 18. And then letter B, through His perfect pardon. Through His perfect pardon. Not counting their trespasses against them. Okay? And so here is what results from his work of reconciliation to bring about joy. And I can't help but, again, connect it back to here's, here's how moms continue to help with their children. Bringing them up. You know, along with, you know, here's the, the compliment of the father and the leading of the, uh, with the father. Of bringing children up so that they too can go off in this world, moving on into the world with here 's stable relationships here 's a, a a rock solid understanding about god 's love for me so that I can then pass it on to others all right well, I want to turn to this uh, final point here is god 's plan all along i 've been um, trying to reconnect it here back to what God's doing what does God really want you know in regards to what is God's plan well I would say based on this passage in second Corinthians 5 he's he's given you the ministry if you're a believer he's given you the ministry of reconciliation that's what he's saying and so what is God's plan? God wants more children. <laughs> okay? God wants more children in his family. And he's now saying to you, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. You're ambassadors for Christ. That's another way to put it. Here's the, here's the, the point that he's getting at. Go and share, go and share the gospel news. and then also what is god's plan not just to have more children but then to see them transformed see we, we make jokes about octomom or whatever her name whatever that was and you know just you know having all these children here it is well i'm not against having many children the point is what that they're trained They're brought up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. They're being trained. You know, what is, you know, what's the whole idea behind the the emphasis in in Psalm 127 about having children? They're like arrows, right? And those arrows, the the children are are viewed as arrows. And the, the father has his quiver full of them. Some have smaller quivers than others, but those arrows are taken to point at and shoot at something for a goal. And what I've given here is here's here's the priority of it is love. That's the foundation. It's based on God's love and have a right understanding of relationships. And go out and serve the Lord in gladness as, they, as as the children move on into adult life. Understanding the truths that we have in Scripture. Christians, you know it. You've got to be nurtured. You must be fed. You need to be trained. Um, yes, and there's comfort and caring that, that God would have uh, uh, provided for you. There's the job that moms do. You know, nurturing the child. Feeding them. Training them. And now, you know, yeah, I, um, I've i tried to withhold with illustrations about Carrie being a, a, a mother here, but, you know, she's given us little reports saying little Wyatt did this for the first time, you know, and I won't get into the details, but... <laughs> There's, there's some wonderful things happening to see our daughter as a, as a mother now. But our, listen, Christian, that's what point four here is all about is, is driving at you and your relationship with God and then your relationship with others. That our tendency is to wander away from really worshiping and loving Jesus. We can know the facts... But we can't stray. We've got to keep moving towards serving Him, loving Him. Not ourselves. That's the purpose in verse 15. Okay? Verse 15. That He died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves. Okay? So having that uh, eternal perspective, you've got to have that in your relationships with others. Demonstrating that You aren't living for yourself anymore. Let me ask this as we kind of wrap things up here this morning. Do you think God is content to leave you where He found you? Obviously, no, He's not. God is not content to leave you Where he found you. If in in, in truth you are found. (laughs) You have to be found by God. Because you're lost if you're not in Christ Jesus. You're lost if you're not in his family. So you need to be saved. Right? And once a person is saved, God is going to work in your life to develop one thing. Christ-likeness. That's his goal. He's not content to have you gain a certain level of of just mere theology and facts. He's not content with that. He wants it to go beyond that to a love for him. And that he has your heart, your attention, your soul desire. Okay? The thing is, God... You know, his work is to save Woody from himself, because Woody thinks that he can accomplish this and this and this. Because I want to be, you know, you know, motivated to do right things. But see, that's subtle, but it's wrong. It's dead wrong. There needs to be a focus on the life, the person of Jesus Christ, in all of his fullness. Okay, Remember the story when they went up to the Mount of Transfiguration? What did Peter want to do? Oh, let's build a tent here or a tabernacle for, for all, you know, Elijah and Moses and you, Jesus. And then the thunder starts and then the cloud comes. And, you know, it's like, Peter, zip it. Listen, this is my beloved son, God says from heaven. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And Christian, that's what we've got to keep growing in. Moms, that's what you need to keep telling your children to do. Keep pointing to the eternal one. His goal is to transform you, to make you more like Jesus. His goal is not to change your circumstances. Sorry. His goal is not to change your spouse. He... he, he, he He would do that. But the idea is that he wants your heart and your devotion, your worship alone. Okay? You can put in a lot of other things in that. He's not going to change your boss. Okay? He wants to change you. Right? And I can see my mom saying things like that to me. But my brother, would he be quiet? Listen to me. <laughs> but my sister, you know... no. So, whose hands are you in? Are, do you know that you're in his hands? Do you, you have that? Is that down in your life? Is that down in your thinking? You, you got that down? Are you in God's hands? And moms especially, because of the, the, what, whatever age the children are at, you especially still have that, that interesting, special, I believe, special partnership with God. Who gets more phone calls, Pop? Mom or you? Typically, if, if the kids are out of the house, they're saying, Mom, i got to talk to Mom. I'm glad when I get to talk to him, but there's there's a a joy in our in all of our hearts to celebrate moms here this morning and uh, we want to pray God's blessing on you, but just remember it's got to start with the priority of God's love. you're grounded in it, and you're active in it. it's the the perspective of Proper, right relationships. God is, is telling us all over the place in His Word about proper relationships, how they ought to be handled, how they ought to be established and all. Whether it's a husband and wife, or parents and children. Relationships, the theme of relationships run all throughout the Scripture. And so it, it comes down to, here's the response, is, is your life known to be a life full of joy? Yes, there are difficulties, we all know about it, and it might be that things get more and more difficult, challenging, stressful, but God's going to keep working on us so that when we get, as we say, when we get squeezed, what comes forth, that it would be praise to his name, okay? Moms, we have a a gift for you today, and we hope you will... uh, pick up and take home with you. Uh, we've done uh, flowers in the past, I don't know how many years, but um, today we have a book that we want to give you. Don't, um, don't worry about the little sticker on there. I tried to pull them off, um, but it doesn't work. It doesn't cost you $5. It's just, it's on there and we can't get it off. It's a gift for you. Would you please take one? And if you'd like to, you can, um, if you have it already, maybe some of you do, it's called Becoming a Woman of Excellence by Cynthia Held. And um, if you'd like to pass it on to somebody else, great. Um, There should be, you know, extras, you know, if you want to take some extras, maybe wait later in the morning or something and we'll have some extras uh, laying around. But we hope that you'll take this and uh, read it up and enjoy it so um motherhood <laughs> if it was going to be easy it never would have started with something called labor motherhood i want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad no man is poor Who has had a godly mother Abraham Lincoln said that No man is poor Who has had a godly mother And the last one Just to quote this last one Bringing a child into the world Is the greatest act of hope there is So uh, be not discouraged In your uh, God given uh, Assignment Uh, Keep pressing on For the glory of Jesus Christ In this world Lord, we thank You again for our time. We thank You for Your love that's been demonstrated to us. And Lord, because of that love, help us to remember that we're not to live for ourselves. Help us to see how many uh, various ways that that can be put into action. Lord, that we go home uh, today remembering that we're not to live for ourselves. That we go... And deal with incidents and and situations with loved ones in our lives. Not living for ourselves, but living for you. Thank you for equipping us, Lord, to do that work. Thank you for your spirit that resides within your children. Oh Lord, continue to soften our hearts and help us in truly living for you. How good you are, and we praise you. Bless these dear mothers and continue to grow them in their faith. That your love would control us and that your love would shine through us in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' precious, wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.